in the toy section than the kid who hangs the figures from the pegs. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, it's going to get a lot less weak. We got a ton, just a literal ton of fun stuff ahead of us. We're going to talk about a bunch of movies I saw, Logan, Fist Fight, all kinds of cool stuff. There's going to be some... I don't know, man. I don't want to ruin the surprises of what lies ahead. Let's let's just quit the jibba jabbing and get right into the uh, into the meat of the show, as it were. All right, uh, Engineer Emily, hit that thing. Hit that thing you made. That's the big ten for good, buddy. What did you just say? What? It's truck driver talk. Why are you talking like seventies CB talk? I don't know, man. I think it's pretty cool. That's cool. Whatever, dude. Just uh, can can you play that thing you made? Affirmative. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. Life is a game, that's what some homies say. But we came to win, so we don't play. I don't know how true that is either. We we play around a lot, or rather, we goof around. I don't know how much actual playing Playing is kind of an interesting word. In one way, it sort of denotes like you are like fancy free and you are out like climbing trees or doing stuff like that. But there's also this side of play that kind of makes me think of like play dates or organized play where you would be doing like a little league or pop Warner or Something organized like that. So I don't know if we do either of those things. We don't have... I don't know how much whimsy there is around here. We don't have the whimsical uh, whimsiness of things. But I would say we goof around more than I would say we play. Because sometimes, I don't know, we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be, you know, cleaning those vents and doing that stuff. But instead we're... Over in the snack shack, checking out that jukebox that the Commodore gave us. There is actually word that we might be getting, like, a multicade up here. We we have heard that some of the other Pooptronics outposts have had retrocades installed. You know, those multicades, like the, the 1 in 60 machines with, like, the 60 different games or whatever. And... We're hoping that maybe we'll get one here up in the snack shack, but you never know. You never know how these things work out, but hopefully at some point we will we will have that. I think that those are pretty dope. Whenever I see one, you know, they they can squeeze a couple quarters out of me for sure. There's there is this chain around here called Juice Shack and they they have like smoothies and juice and whatever. I'm not I'm not a juice guy, but every single one of them has a retrocade, a multicade. What are we calling a retrocade? A so retrocade is where 
that's where like Vic Sage works, like Arcadia. What I mean to say is a multi-cade, one of those machines, you know, with like Pac-Man and Burger Time and all that stuff. This chain juice shack, they have those, and every time I walk by, I go in and I play a couple rounds. What's your what's your go-to game? When you see a multi-cade. Mine is for sure Burger Time. I am just... I'm a Burger Time enthusiast. And I don't even know why. I didn't play it very much back in back in the day. But nowadays, it's like one of my favorite go-to games. It's really, it's really challenging. I can always get past the first level. And a lot of the times the second level. But not too very much like further past that. It's hard. The game is aggressive. The... The eggs and all that stuff, they come after you pretty pretty hot and heavy, and you don't have enough pepper to get by. You know, the pepper's what you throw on them, and that, uh, that disintegrates them as if they were, you know, slugs and you threw salt on them, which is, that's super mean. I never do that. I think that's super mean. What is, what is going on lately that's worth mentioning? Hmm. You know what is another go-to of mine on a multi-cade if they happen to have it? Not everyone does. All these, all these multi-cades are different. And sometimes the games aren't even like the way the game should be. For example, the, the Pac-Man in the multi-cade over at Scandia plays really fast. And I'm sure it's just in the settings that they could adjust it back to normal. But it plays really fast. What I'm saying is sometimes they're not the same. As what you recall, and sometimes, you know, the games aren't the same as the games in the other ones, but the game that I go for if they have it is Jungle Hunt. I don't know what it is about this game that I enjoy. You start off, basically, you're like this African explorer type. You're like a pith helmet dude. You're probably, you know, some kind of British aristocrat who decides to go on safari, so you get, you know, your... Your brown pantaloons and your brown shirt and your pith helmet and all that stuff. And you start off, like, swinging on vines. You go from one vine to the next vine to the next vine. And I enjoy that part. And then after the vines, you go into the ocean. Like, you're you're like Tarzan. You go through the jungle, through the vines, through the vines, through the vines. And then finally you get to the point where you uh, you leap off right into the ocean with, like, a perfect... Like a Greg Luganus dive right into the water. And then once you're under there, you have a knife and you have to fight like various sharks and fish and things like that. And I do not really know what uh, what comes after that now that I think about it. Let me... Hold on. We're going to... We're going to learn about this together. Jungle Hunt arcade game. Let's... Uh, You've got mail. Let's see the various levels in which you go through. And then you have a crocodile-infested river. And then scene three involves the explorer dodging various sized boulders that roll toward him. And in the final scene, you have to evade cannibals while attempting to get a woman before she can be lowered into a flaming cauldron. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. I've never made it that far. It's a game I enjoy, but I'm not, I'm not especially good at almost any arcade game, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm pretty moderate at Miss Pac-Man. But overall, I'm, you know, I'm I'm no Billy Mitchell by by any means, but I do enjoy playing and that's that's the most important thing, I think. So here's something that happened. It's not it's not a big happening. It's not even really a story worth telling, but I'm going to I'm going to tell it anyway because it's, it's I don't know, man. It's been it's been rattling around in my head. We went to the the flea market last Sunday and it was 
pouring rain. It was just coming down in buckets, but you got to be a trooper, man. You got to be a trooper. And even when it rains, they have these like rinky dinky indoor flea markets. And they're, it's okay because sometimes you can get a bargain because there's not a lot of commerce going on. So sometimes you can, you can strike a good bargain, but when we were heading out there, we were pulling into the parking lot and I saw a I saw a dog out of the corner of my eye. And the dog was running around out by the fence. It was way far away where we were. It was on the side of the fence that was over by a pretty busy road. And the dog was running along the fence and it looked to me like it was trying to find a way to get out out and its ears were back and it looked all freaked out and like I said it was it was pouring rain I don't I don't like to be a dog superhero but I also feel like I feel weird when I see a dog that appears to be in jeopardy when most dogs have a tag so if you see a dog like walking around or if it appears to be in danger all you have to do usually just like look at the tag and then call the person or go over. It only takes a bit. I I try to extend this courtesy because there has been a couple times that we've left the gate open or the dog is out and people have returned them to us. They've held onto the dog and they've called and I think that it's the right thing to do. So I see the dog running up and down the fence, but I also, I also know that the dudes who hang out over at the flea market are... They're not the most conscientious pet owners that you're ever going to see. And I'm thinking, like, I don't know if I want to get involved or if I want to go over and see what I can see about this dog. Because a lot of these creeps just let their dogs run free. Like, while they're doing the flea market, they just let their dog run free in the parking lot. Like I said, this is a parking lot. There are cars going back and forth and it's pouring rain and I'm watching this I'm watching this dog run along the fence like it's trying to get out so I go I go I'm going to go and I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can do because this doesn't seem right but I know that it could all be a ruse it could be it could not be what it appears to be but I kind of thought better better safe than sorry but I also I also sort of expected that when I got close to the dog, I was going to hear like a high-pitched, like a whistle. Like one of those whistles when you uh, stick your fingers into your mouth and just like blow super hard. I cannot do that. I can whistle, you know, the normal like, uh, you know, pucker your lips and blow sort of way. But I can't do that, that really loud whistle with with the fingers in the mouth. But I imagine we're going to get near the dog and I'm going to hear that. And the dog's going to go running to whoever, you know, is, uh, whoever its owner is. But anyhow, I, I'm kind of trudging through the rain and I'm getting near the dog. And the dog is soaked. It's a small dog, like a wiener dog. And it is soaked. It's raining so hard. The dog is just dripping water and running back and forth and... I'm not putting myself out there too much. I did have an umbrella. I want to mention that. I'm not like walking around in the rain like I'm a superhero. I had an umbrella. I'm wearing boots. It's no big deal. I'm walking over to the dog and I'm like, hey, hey, come here, boy. Are you, are you okay? Is everything, you know, come over here. And just when I get 20 feet away from the dog, I hear the, 
and the dog goes running off to its owner. And I'm just, I'm so annoyed because I saw this happening. I knew that that's what would happen. I saw the future. I've been around, I've been around these flea market carnies enough to know what, what's going to happen. And I know that when I see a dog lose, I shouldn't, I shouldn't get involved because they're taking carny care of it. But at the same time, I'm like, what if I don't take care of it and the dog gets squished? I would feel really bad, but man, I knew it. I knew I would hear that whistle, and I heard the whistle, the dog ran off, and dudes, take care of your pets. If you have a dog, do your best to take care of it. Keep it on a leash. Keep it near you. Don't get it out there where dogs don't understand cars as well as we do, and we don't understand them too well either because people get hit all the time. Dogs even understand them less, so just don't make it so that other people feel like, they have to take care of your dog for you. It's your dog. You got the dog. Be be responsible for it. That's, that's the public service message of this week. Be responsible for your pets, I guess. And that's when to grow on. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper... But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Hey, where's the old coffee maker? Look at this new fangle. All you gotta do is put in your order and it does the rest. Coffee. You know, I'll just, I'll do it for you. These students mess with this school all day. You think this is funny? I'm gonna show you what's funny. He did it. I'm gonna fight you. Snitches get stitches. What is that, baby oil? What you got? I'm gonna give you some of this. Fist fight, rated R, starts February 17th. The first movie we are going to talk about is a movie called Fist Fight. Fist Fight stars Charlie Day, who I like, and Ice Cube, who I have liked at times. The the basic idea of the movie is that they are school teachers who are going to have an after-school fight. I I don't know why we went to see this. We saw this on a Monday afternoon. It was just it was just something to do and I don't know. I wanted I wanted to see the fight, I guess is why we went to see it. I wanted to see if they would have a fight and if they did have a fight what it would be like, and I thought that was, I don't know, I thought that was worth the price of admission to some degree, so we did go and see this. The movie is, the movie is presently at, let's see, let's take a look. We are still connected online. It is at 30% on Tomatoes right now, and, and it has brought in about about $24 million. This movie was not very good. Uh, it was, I'm not going to say that it was bad, but it was, it was bordering on bad, but it does deliver the fight. They have a gigantic fight at the end of the movie that is, that's a lot of fun. So even though they scrimped on the entire undercard, the undercard being the movie, and the jokes, and just everything, when it came down to the main event, they had a slobber knocker. They had a knockdown, drag-out brawl, and it was, 
It was pretty fun, I must say, at least as far as that goes. This is one of those comedies that that takes place in a farcical world, in a world that is not like the same world that we live on here as far as how people act or what they do and things that happen. For example, they they have like a week, senior week at the school. This is the last week of school. I should mention that. So people feel like they have nothing to lose. They're heading into summer and especially seniors feel like they have nothing to lose. They're heading off to whatever, you know, they have lined up in the future. So they have a week of pranks at the school and the pranks that they pull could very well lead to people dying. They are not, they're not nice pranks. They're not cute pranks. There's one where there's a trap and somebody gets their foot caught in a snare and pulled down a stair, a flight of stairs by a horse. Now, this could kill you. You could die. There are a million different things like that. Like the kids are acting up in the class and Ice Cube grabs an axe off the wall and starts swinging it around. He swings it at a kid. He smashes his desk with an axe. It's just, it's a banana's world. And that's fine because it's, you know, it's a goofball comedy. But if you're going to make the movie in the farcical world where people do whatever they want, you got to take it all the way. This movie does not take it all the way. People are swinging axes. People are laying death traps and doing stuff like that. But if you're going to make a movie that is in the silly world, make it totally silly. Make it all like that. But this movie, it's just kind of mean, and I realize I realize it's called Fist Fight, but it's kind of mean-spirited. Everybody's a jerk. There is hardly anybody who's nice. Well, Charlie Day is nice, but every character is completely unlikable. The students are horrible. The school, it should be burnt to the ground. The whole thing, the whole thing was kind of whack, but the fight does deliver, and if you, if you're at the theater and you kind of schedule it right and you can sneak in toward the end of Fist Fight, the last half hour, and you can see the the big throwdown between Ice Cube and Charlie Day. It's kind of fun. I want to also say this. I I am by no means a tough guy. I mean that. I'm not a tough guy. I'm just a dude. I'm just a man like anybody else. And I cannot say that I would be afraid to fight Ice Cube. That's one of the big things here. Charlie Day, he realizes he's going to have to fight Ice Cube. Ice Cube challenges him, and he spends... The rest of the entire movie doing anything he can do to get out of throwing down with Ice Cube. And Ice Cube, you know, he has this rep as a gangster rapper. And he's, you know, he he doesn't seem like, you know, he's a wuss or whatever. But the dude's probably like five foot six. And he's up in years like all of us are. And it's not not the end of the world if you had to have a throwdown with him. I don't think anyone's going to ultimately end up in the morgue. Or anything. It's going to be an old man fight. But that's just my thinking. At any rate. Let's. Uh, let's. Let's see. I'm going to give this flick. Like. Two, two mics. Two mics. I'm back in Get out. Can I see your license please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Get out. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. I would have voted for Obama for a third term. Get out. Something is weird. It's the people. Get out. Something wrong? I can't move. You've been chosen. Get out. We're so scared. Get out. Get out. Get out. Rated R. 
we went to see Get Out on Friday. Get Out is a horror movie that is directed by one of the dudes from Key and Peele. The one who is the shorter one. I I haven't seen a lot of Key and Peele. I've seen a bit. Not, not a ton. I don't know why. I have nothing against them. What I have seen from them is funny. We saw Keanu, and I thought that was really funny. I think they're cool. I don't know. I just... I haven't seen a lot of their show. I think the one who did this movie is Peel. I think Key is the taller of the two. At any rate, this is a horror movie and we went to see it on Friday. And even though this is sort of like a high-end horror movie, it's not a slasher, gory, kind of silly for teenager movie. It's doing like... 98% over on Rotten Tomatoes right now. This is supposed to be sort of like a thought-provoking horror movie, but when you go see a horror movie on opening night, the the theater will inevitably be full of chuckleheads, and this was the case. There's this dude who works over at the Toys R Us, and we see him all the time when we go there, and he's like a real friendly guy. He really is an outgoing, helpful clerk, and I have... No problems with him in that environment, but we saw this guy at the theater, and he sat in the same row as we were in, and that outgoing sort of personality that he has also goes off into his real life, and dude was talking the entire movie, and that drives me nuts. It drives me bananas, because I I get easily distracted. When I'm watching the movie, I kind of like try to envelop myself in the world of the movie and when people talk I get easily drawn out of my envelope and I don't I don't enjoy that I don't like when people use their phones I'm saying this as if there are other people who really enjoy this but the phone thing to me is even worse I don't like it when I'm watching the movie and I like to sit near the back of the theater and this gives me like a view of everything in front of me and it gets on my nerves when people open their phone and I see a light out of the corner of my eye it drives me batty and This was a horror movie on opening day, and there were tons of phones going off the whole time. People are texting. It was just, it was driving me nuts. And that really, that really stinks because this was a good movie. The the whole thing is full of racial tension. It's one of those, one of those deals that's going to make you explore race in your mind. And they do it through the veil of a scary movie and a lot of a lot of good horror takes a look at society at large and that's what that's what's going on here the basic idea is there is I don't want to come across as insensitive during any of this and I realize a lot of people get sensitive about race but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go off and I'm gonna just you know I'm gonna be straightforward as as much as I can about this there is an interracial couple a black guy dating a white gal and they are going up to visit her parents, who are sort of upper crust. They live on a lake, an isolated lake, and they are professional types. The mother is a psychiatrist that works out of the house, and the dad is, he's like a neurosurgeon. They're they're real creme de la creme, and the fella is, he's a bit uncomfortable not knowing how they are going to take the, just the fact that he is a different race than the daughter creates, you know, tension as far as the trip goes. But when they get there... They're cool, they're nice, but he starts to he starts to notice that the other black fellas that he bumps into are acting 
very oddly, there is a groundskeeper, and the guy, he seems like a robot, and the maid seems like a robot, and there's just, there's something weird going on, but he doesn't know what it is, and I don't want to give away any more than that. These are all things that you see in the trailer, and as the movie unfolds in front of you, it's, uh, it's really interesting. This is a well- put together horror movie there are some jump scares I know people don't like that there are some some scary parts and even though this movie is rated R I think that I wouldn't say it's appropriate for a younger audience but this is a kind of horror movie that if they toned it down just a couple notches maybe in the language department and just a bit in the violence, it would easily qualify for a PG-13. There, There is a bit of scary stuff, but it's not anything that is going to haunt your nightmares as far as gore or murder. It's going to, it's going to haunt your thoughts, you know, it's going to make you, it's going to make you think about things. And that's cool, man. I really dig that. The star of the movie, when I'm watching this, I could not figure out who this guy was the entire time. His name is Daniel Kalua, and it just occurred to me right when I sat down. He is Emily Blunt's partner in Sicario. He is her FBI partner who goes along with her at the end of the movie. I really like that movie, Sicario. I watched it again two weeks ago. That's on Amazon Prime Video right now. And I saw it going through and I, I dug it again as much as I did the first time. Allison Williams from Girls is the female lead in this. I have never seen Girls. The The old wife enjoys it, and she tells me all about it, but I've never actually seen it. Catherine Keener plays her mom. I really I really like Catherine Keener, and the always, the always cool Steven Root is also in this, so I, I can't recommend this high enough. Like I said, it's in the high 90s in Tomatoes right now. There's not a lot about this movie not to like. It gets going. It moves. There's some fun. There's some thought-provoking stuff, which is always cool. So go check it out, man. If you're, you know, you're so inclined to like a horror movie or anything of that sort, give it a shot. I am going to give this one 3.75 mics. I can't go all the way to four. I don't think that it's quite up there, but it's, uh... Definitely good stuff. Not okay. Y te sacarán las garras. She's very much like you. Logan. Last ride. That's weird. The studio sent us the the VHS in Espanol. I think that I think that you guys get the idea though, and I'm just happy they sent me these VHS trailers at all. It's it's pretty nice of them. So I am back from seeing Logan, and man, that was that was a good movie. Logan is, of course, the latest X-Men saga. That pertains to Weapon X himself, Wolverine. The movie stars Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart. As well as, let's hop over, let's hop over here to 
two tomatoes and we shall we shall see some of the particulars. The movie also has Boyd Holbrook, who you might know from Narcos. I knew I knew I recognized Homeboy from something. It has Eric LaSalle as Stephen Merchant is back as Caliban and the world is introduced to Daphne Keene who plays who plays Laura, also known as X-23, who is Wolverine currently in the Marvel Universe. And uh, this one goes out especially to Gino Vega. The Christoph Sozinski from Ultimate Fighter UFC fame was in it as a thug. He doesn't last long, but that's not, that's not me giving anything away. The movie is opening worldwide to something like $230 billion or something. I... I don't know the exact details, but I think that where we stand right now, this is going to be the biggest R-rated movie opening in in the history of cinema. And that's that's saying something because there's been some cool R-rated movies over time. The the film actually starts with a with a short teaser trailer sort of thing about about Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds is in it reprising his role, and that's a lot of fun. I think that I think that they should do this more often. They should Maybe instead of spending so much time with, like, the stingers after the movie, make a make a nice short about somebody and put it in the front of the movie. This could be a way to introduce new characters. You could, you know, tease future movies. Just all sorts of stuff. You can make a, make a five, ten minute movie about somebody that you might like to see on the screen but can't necessarily hold an entire movie. That might be fun. Something to think about. And this one was pretty cool. You'll definitely... Definitely enjoy that. It starts uh, the movie off on the right foot. But from there, it is... It's a great movie. I liked it a lot. I thought it was very well put together. But it's a bleak, sad, dreary story of watching watching Wolverine age. He He's an older dude. This is... This is like 30 years in the future. And his healing factor is not working as well. As it once did, bullets come out of him, but it's slower. He kind of, he has to pull his claws out manually. He has to grab a hold of them and pull them out. It's, things are looking rough for Wolverine. And things are just kind of looking rough for the entire world, as it were. It's not, it's not quite a dystopian future, but things are a lot worse off than they are for us now. We would have to, we would have to like speed up our our movement into into apocalypse to be where they are when this when this movie is popping off professor x is in his 90s and wolverine is protecting him it's like there's always been an anti-mutant agenda in the x-men comics and movies and by this time it's it's really it's really taken over the just general thought process as far as mutants go that you have to capture them. You got to get rid of them. It's not, it's not to the point where they are sending out the sentinels or anything, but you kind of, you kind of got to stay on the move if you, if you are a mutant sort and they, they're hiding professor X. There's all sorts of conflict. And then part way through and I don't think I'm giving anything away this is all in the comics they introduce X23 who is a young gal with the powers of Wolverine and Professor X wants to take her 
under his wing and do what he does. You know, he wants to raise her right as a mutant. Wolverine's like, look, we got to look out for ourselves. You know, you know the whole deal with this guy. He he wants to stand alone. He doesn't want to support anybody. He doesn't want to put himself out there. This guy, this guy has had nothing but torment for his his entire life, and it's it's no surprise that Wolverine is as violent as he is, as deadly as he is. To be honest, it's surprising that he isn't more violent than than he is already. And this guy, he's a maniac. This was this was the stabbiest movie I have ever seen. Wolverine's superpower is basically the power the power of stabbing and there are so many vicious wet stabbings they use this this wet sound effects for every time you know his his uh claws enter somebody's body and it is like it's like it's raining outside it's raining blood there is so much stabby 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 over the course of the movie but that's what you would that's what you would see if there was like a real life wolverine it's going to be blood stab blood stab and x23 is even stabbier and more violent than Wolverine, if you can believe that. She she is terrifically interesting, this uh this young mutant. She's played by this girl named Daphne Keene, who has no other credits, and she really knocks it out of the park, I have to say. She um she does a good job. She brings this character to life. You really you really start to enjoy how young and innocent, but also ferocious she is. She she really knocks it out of the park. I got to give it up to her. I'm actually poking around the internet right now, and I was incorrect. She does not have any movie credits, but she has a TV credit. She was on a Spanish TV show known as The Refugees. The young lady is Spanish, not uh, not Canadian, like our like our guy Wolverine, or Australian, like our guy uh, Mr. Jackman. Mr. Jackman has said this will be his final turn as Wolverine. And if that is the case, this is a fitting end for a character. I mean, dude has played this guy in like 97 different movies, I think. And that has to be some kind of, some kind of a record. It's not really 97. I forget how many it is. I don't know. He's, he's played this bro in a ton of different movies. And if this is how he goes out, this is a very, very fitting end. This movie could very well be a a three tissue one. I am I am somebody who is prone to crying at movies. I don't I don't break down, I don't bawl, but I do I do get a sad tear down the corner of my eye sometimes from certain movies. And this is definitely one that could bring it out of you if you are if you are so inclined to to do that sort of thing it's uh at points it's heartbreaking there are like three different super heartbreaking situations in in the course of the thing and that is a lot for one for one movie especially for a superhero movie this is this one could break your heart man it's uh it's real. This is a real movie. I always use that term, a real movie. And I think what I mean to say when I say that is there are certain movies that are 
only out to entertain you. And that's terrific. I love movies like that. But then there are other movies that are mostly meant for like artistic merit. Like it's an, it's somebody's creative vision of something. And this one, this one is starting to veer into the area of somebody who has an artistic vision. This is, this is a real movie. I like the, I like the tone of the X-Men movies more than I do the Marvel movies. I, I think you guys know that I go to the Marvel movies and I do like them. I think they're fun, but I don't think they have a lot of depth. And I think that in the X-Men movies, they are a lot of the times trying to get some depth and I can definitely appreciate the effort. They don't always succeed, but they do try and trying is important. And I know you're going to go see this movie, whether I recommend it or not, but I, I recommend it very highly, but I do have to tell you it is incredibly violent. It is one of the most violent movies I've ever seen. I think I saw, I know I saw one whole group get up. There is like a, a violent fight scene near the beginning of the movie and a group of three people got up and left, never came back. And then there is a heart-wrenching scene toward the middle of the movie and I saw another group of people get up, never came back. And that's, uh, you know, that says something because it's like a group of three people. You paid like 35 bucks to get in and you're just like, I am out. This is too much for me. And it might be too much for some people. So be aware of that going in. Uh, let's see. I I can't go ahead and give this the like the full four mics. I am hard on the four mics. And we go to a scale of five. Five being an all-time fantastic movie. And I cannot remember the last time I saw five. I don't give a lot of fours. I am going to give this... Heck, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give Logan four mics. This is a Toys R Us report on IC Robots Radio. Berg, where should I go if I'm interested in learning about Atari games? Atari 2600 games? Yeah. Well, you could check out my podcast, the Atari 2600 Game by Game Podcast. Is there a list somewhere where I can get all of the shows and I can figure out which show I want to hear first? Yes, there is. Uh, my friend Jose has made that very list that you're speaking of, and you can find that at 2600gamebygamepodcast.blogspot.com if you check in the links section. Okay. And, and will you be doing more of these shows? I'll be doing every one of these games for the 2600. So I'll be doing this every, for another decade. <laughs> every single game? Every single game. I'll take it. How much do you want? I don't want anything. It's free. <gasps> Atari 2600 Game by Game Podcast. Also available on iTunes. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us Report. All right, we are back for the final segment of the show that is for some reason known as the Toys R Us Report. We we actually hit up a uh, different Toys R Us this week. We went over to the one in San Rafael. It was it was the old wife's birthday the other week, and we decided to uh, take a trip to the city. That's what we around here call uh, San Francisco. I don't know. I don't know why, because there are any number of cities off in that direction. Oakland, San Jose, all sorts of stuff, but... San Francisco is the one that is known as the city, but on the way to the city, we stopped in San Rafael, which is another city, but we stopped there because they have a Toys R Us, and this one, this one often has a bunch of stuff that we don't have. This time, 
This time they did not so much. They just had the same kind of stuff that we have, but they did have... They did have some new Star Wars blacks. That's the 6-inch kind of more fancy, more detailed ones. Over the ones that are, you know, 3 and 3 quarter inch that we know from our youth, the old Kenner-style ones. These are... These are a lot nicer. The packaging is fancier. They're a bit more expensive. I I am looking like crazy for the Sabine Wren. I see that people on eBay and I see that people online are selling them. They have packages. They're taking pictures of them opened. I have seen loose ones for sale. So they are out there. I just, I just myself, I cannot find one. If you, if you see them anywhere, give me, give me a holler on Twitter at... I see robots. I'm curious what chain might be getting them. So when we were in San Rafael, we decided to swing through and stop, but we didn't find any there. But what I did see that I hadn't seen before was a K2SO. That is the big black robot from Rogue One that was voiced by Alan Tudyk. I hadn't seen him at our store and I did see him there. So that was cool. But outside of that, I didn't I didn't see a whole lot that we don't have here. One thing that's going to be coming out really soon that I am excited about is these Funko Batman 1960-whatever action figures. Did I talk about these already? Because I think that I may have. They are making an Yvonne Craig. And as you all know, I am crazy about the Yvonne Craig Batgirl. And they're going to be making her in the three and three-quarter inch scale. And I just i am so excited about that. I... I hope that they carry those in the store. They do sometimes carry the the Funko figures, but sometimes you can only order them online, and I'm just not a big orderer, so I don't know. I don't know if that's going to... I don't know how that one's going to work out for me. If I see them in the store, I'm going to grab them. If I have to order them, I may never get them. That's just me. I am that way. I, I got a bunch of good uh, LJN wrestling figures at the flea market the other week there was a guy who hangs out at the dig and he brought out a ton of stuff and one of the tubs was full of ljn figures i got the doctor of style slick he was he was a manager he managed a bunch of dudes akeem the african dream just various guys he was cool he was one of my favorites back in the day i liked his i liked his over-the-top personality the action figure is not in great shape but he is a bit of a later release, and the managers tend to be more uncommon than the wrestlers, because you got to think about it. Who's going down to the store and going to buy the Doctor of Style Slick when they could get the Dynamite Kid or SD Jones or, or just any number of dudes? So I got uh, I got the Doctor of Style Slick. He didn't have his hat. The figure normally comes with a hat, and I, I wasn't able to find it. I dug, I dug all the way through a couple bins looking for it. I... I wanted it. The hat costs just about as much as the action figure. And considering that I only paid like a dollar or two dollars for him, I wonder if it might be worth the twenty dollars to go out there and get the hat on eBay. That's something I'm debating. I also got I also got Vince McMahon. There was a couple releases of Vince. Vince was an announcer at the time, but we all know he is the owner of the World Wrestling Federation or World Wrestling Entertainment as it is known now. That is that is the worst name, but he he's the mastermind behind all that. And they made an action figure of him as an announcer and I was able to get that. There were a couple variations, one with the microphone and one without. And the one I found was the 
the more uncommon one where he has a mic. So that's cool. These are both ones I don't have in my collection already. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. These guys are big. They're like nine to 12 inches and they're, they're heavy duty rubber. I don't, I don't even like have them on display. I have a bin full of them because they don't, they don't look that great, but they were the figures that got me into wrestling figures. They were the first action wrestling figures that I ever had. And even though they totally stink, they're the worst. They have zero points of articulation. They're heavy. They're made of rubber. They're not that detailed. You could not have a good match with these when you were a kid. You couldn't get these guys to do any sort of dope moves, but this was also the 80s, and in the WWF, there weren't even any guys with dope moves, so maybe the figures were fitting. I don't know, but I got I got Vince, and I got the Doctor of Style Slick. Also, I saw the one-man gang, and I wanted to get him, but I didn't because he he was pretty beat up, but then when I went, I came home and then checked on eBay. I found out that the one-man gang is the least common of the three, and even in janky conditions... He sells for, you know, nice, pretty 40, 45 bucks. So, I don't know. If the dude's there next week and I see it, I'm going to grab it. There were also, like, a bunch of busted He-Man dudes in the bin. These guys were, like, missing arms, missing legs, missing everything. And I didn't, I didn't get up on any of them. But when I got home, I started thinking to myself that maybe, maybe I should have. Because what I could have done is taken their heads off. You know, they have, like, soft rubber heads. And what might be neat would be to get, like, a like a small shadow box and stick a bunch of He-Man heads in there. So, I'm going to get up on that. If I see any broken He-Man, I'm going to... If I can get them for, like, a dollar or two dollars, I'm going to take them and bust their heads out and make a nice nice display out of that. Do you think that that is blasphemy to take, like, a vintage action figure and destroy it? I'm only going to do it if they're already destroyed. I'm not... I'm not that big of big of a heathen or, you know, at least I at least I like to think that. So have you guys gotten up on the new Gino Vega, the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast? The the last episode where he talks about breakdancing and such is a must listen. If you haven't heard it yet, I I cannot recommend it highly enough. Another another great episode I heard this week was from from Earl Green of thelogbook.com. He he does a show known as Don't Give This Tape to Earl where he he kind of discusses, you know, various topics related to like his personal life or his past or what he's up to. Just, you know, different different things. And this past week he released an episode on BBS systems, you know, old old style bulletin board systems, the the dial-in things we all used to take part in before before the internet, and it was, it was a super fun episode, dude's a good producer, dude's a good talker, if you, if you aren't already into him, I recommend it highly, his name is Earl Green, and he is from thelogbook.com, and this show in particular I'm talking about is known as, uh, Don't Give This Tape to Earl, but he does a few other shows over there that are funny, it's a show about the Odyssey, the, uh, the old video game system, The Odyssey. He has a daily history show. Just a lot of good stuff. So he comes highly recommended for me, as does Gino Vega, as does Ferg and Zerb over at uh, Please Stand By. What's up to you guys? Let's see. What else is worth mentioning before before I get out of here? I 
I really got to get back to the vents and stuff. When when I'm not out there watching Iceberg, nothing gets done. And I know doing this is important and it's nice to get away. But the main duty up here is cleaning vents. And it's not like it's not like the Commodore gets on me. It's not like anybody gets on me. I, I'm just the kind of dude who when you hire me to do a job, I'm gonna. I'm going to do my best and I I try to keep up, you know, I try to keep a high standard and I, I, I love doing this and I love getting away and I love, I do love slacking off at work and I, I think it's fun. Me and Emily get to hang out and record this show, but those vents got to get clean, man. And when I'm not there, Iceberg, Iceberg doesn't do nothing. He spends a lot of time at the snack shack. He's over there right now. I bet checking out that that jukebox, that Wi-Fi jukebox that the Commodore dropped off a while back. So I gotta, I gotta think about getting over there and get, keeping an eye on, on on that fool. But I'm trying to think if there's anything else worth mentioning. Riverdale on the CW continues to be fantastic. I think the show is so good. I think that, I think that it is comparable to a network show as far as quality. It's not. I love all the CW shows. I love Arrow. I love Flash. I love The Legends of Tomorrow. But they are all CW-level shows. But Riverdale is... It's like a full notch above the shows as far as production value and quality. It's really, really top-notch stuff. You don't even have to have any interest in Archie in any way. But it, it definitely is a bit more fun if you do because they throw out little uh, Archie Easter eggs all the time for you to check out. So, you know, if you're if you're down with the Easter eggs and you know what they're talking about, it's always always a bit more fun. I guess I guess I'm gonna get out of here. You guys, you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna monopolize all your time. There's a ton of good pods to listen to. There are so many fun shows we all like to keep up on and I don't want I don't wanna have to start to feel like an obligation. I want I want this to be like the most anticipated, most fun period of your week. So I'm gonna get out of here. Leaving you, leaving you wanting more, I hope. So, this is me, Icy Robots. I'm signing off for uh, Engineer Emily in the booth for Iceberg over in the Snack Shack. This has been episode number 111, Logan. Next week, we are going to come back, and if everything works out according to plans, we are going to do a who's who in the DC Universe about Killer Frost off off the Flash TV show. So... Until then, you can find me over on Facebook, facebook.com backslash icrobots, I-S-E-E-R-O-B-O-T-S. On Twitter, at icrobots, that is spelled the same way, or at icrobots.com. So, until next time, if you don't know, now you know. This has been an IC Robots Radio production.